So yeah, it was like too cold for me to change from my work shirt into the into my jumper because I was like, there's going to be a point where I have no shirt on and it's too cold for that shenanigans. Like for two seconds. Yeah, well, you know what? It's too cold. But don't you just take the opportunity just to like peer into the mirror and do some pumps or something beforehand? What's your point? Oh, it's a missed opportunity then. Where was it? We were filming. So we filmed last week. Yeah. Uh, well, over the weekend. And so I play this life, life, uh, life coach, like I said. So the obnoxious this, life coach. What's that? The obnoxious life coach. Yeah, exactly. So me. This is in the biopic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we went to this place right in Hopper's Crossing we filmed uh, called the Dream Builders Church, which I never knew existed. Uh, mm -hmm. It's right off of uh, Lentini Street, you know, where the, um, oh, no, near Lentini Street. It's off Graham Street. It's on Graham Street. There's and, nothing more fun than hearing someone name streets that you don't know where they are. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. Um, well, it's in Hoppers, and it's just this big kind of like Scientology-looking kind of building, uh, and it's got like this um, uh, like presentation room, mm -hmm. and the whole thing is, you know, I'm doing this thing, and while I'm doing it, these two big screens have the action going on, like as if you were at like a uh, a seminar, right? And so, <laughs> and so there were so many times when my my noggin was on these screens, like. <laughs> For the, like these huge screens, and so you just see me like looking. Right. <laughs> oh, look just at that! Yourself look out. at that! <laughs> look at that dude. And and I always I, and we had about sixty extras there, and so wow. you you know, a lot of the times the extras they're very timid and they they're shy, but they get into it. And yep. so the first take is of the day was me running onto this, onto stage, and you know introducing myself. Let's go Melbourne yep. and like getting everybody excited and so between each take i would make a joke with them so they could just feel a little bit more relaxed and the first couple jokes i made were about the idiot looking at himself on the screen whenever he right. showed up on the screen I'm like oh that's me because you can always yeah. tell his eyes are right <laughs> locked into that uh, but anyway so hey everybody welcome to this episode of the breaking the barrier podcast i'm andrew i'm zach and if we keep that in and don't cut it out you'll know that we've completely lost track uh, of all semblance of production value on this I podcast i feel like i want to keep it in because yeah that's just a little that's a fun story because that was obviously the um the 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 day that was going to prevent me from doing my long run on that day uh yes, and i, I did do it I, I did do it the day before i did get it done but spoiler i didn't want to wake up at four o'clock i woke up at like four o'clock anyway because um, <laughs> call time was 6.45. I got my four miles in that day. and uh, Yeah, whilst we talked about having a positive mindset last episode, also having the ability to plan time is useful uh, in getting running done. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's not always going to be that you want to get up that early, so you just you just switch days. And I did that, and I got my run done, you know, and I, I was in the... Um, and I finally did tell Kirk about it, you know, because I, like, I said to him, I was like, I, I want to kind of ask forgiveness rather than permission so this is what i did and he's like no that's cool man because then you just basically had instead of doing your saturday long run and having sunday to recover now you could do your you did your long run on friday and i could do your recovery run on saturday and so it's a much shorter run yep and recover sunday anyway so that's kind of cool hmm. um it's all running it's all good as long as it's not overtraining mm -hmm. i tell you what though man i had a workout yesterday holy sh nikes yeah uh it was 15 minutes on the treadmill so well the whole thing was on the treadmill 15 minute uh run warm-up and then 10 minutes hard tempo at a 15 percent incline then five minutes recovery jog uh at a one percent incline repeat that four times and then a five minute cool down and dude it trashed me it was oh my goodness yeah i don't yeah, I'm tired just listening to it. I think I got like 700 meters of vert on the treadmill. Right. So deload week is just a memory right now. Yeah. There's no concept of deload week. You're back into it. No, we're in it, man. Have you signed up for Run Melbourne, which I think is 22nd of July, June, 20, something like that? 24th of July. Yes, I I, yes. Uh, I did sign up. I got the uh, option to post my pack. I signed up a few weeks ago, actually. I think yep. the week before I started working with Kirk... So right. I, I really got that one in uh, early. That's probably the earliest that I've signed up for a race in a long time. Yep. Got that early bird discount. Yeah, which wasn't much of a damn discount. No, no, they're not much these days, are they? No. What they what you get now is you get the opportunity to get your bib posted out to you and avoid having to go pick them up before yeah. the race. That's the advantage of early bird. Which is fine. And you can get the personalized bib and that's fun. Yeah. But like 
races are just some of them are especially spartans man they are expensive sometimes yeah um and i'm just like what are you doing there what's that do we still oh no i'm just playing with a crochet hook and a are piece you crochet? of no but my wife does oh and so you're messing with her projects right now well no it's, it's a leftover piece of thread oh, i'm okay. allowed to mess with and i assume i'm allowed to touch this hooky thing so you're like um, a mouse you're like yeah a mouse but, playing if, with but if i come yeah exactly what i'm going to do is once she's gone to bed i'm going to go around the house patching up all the things that need to be done like right a little elf yeah that's fun i'm gonna put this down now i'm obviously distracting you no no um but to answer the question, I think you were going to ask. Yes, we still have the coupon, co uh, the discount code Superman for Spartan. Uh, also, still breaking the barrier for Generation. You can. As a matter of fact, I just spoke to the new owner of Generation. You can. We're going to see if we can get some new things happening. Um, in terms really? of really, yeah, yeah. Well, because I don't know if you remember, but you know, a few months ago they asked me if I wanted to buy into it. Yeah, and it just wasn't the right time with the numbers that they were sending me. I was like. Mm. It's a bit of a, it's too much of a gamble right now. Yeah. Like I, I could have, and I think it would have been really exciting, but just not, just not the right time. Um, yeah. So, so they're looking to get some, uh, I guess our partnership to an upgrade or something. Cool. I don't know. Um, so that'll be exciting. So uh, we spoke the other day and we'll see what, um, we'll see what we're going to move forward. I think I'm, I'm really, really pushing them to try to get them into some events. Cause I think that yeah. that's what's missing, you know? You don't have a presence Tailwind. at those shows. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know what? Tailwind, Endura, mm. uh, you know, even Cliff. Like, they... Um, Uh-oh, did I freeze? Oh, no. No, we're good. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, you're back. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Tailwind, Cliff, Endura. You know, they're all at the events, yes. and I've never once seen Generation You Can. And I said to her, he's like, even Generation You Can in the States, like... They do events at every major thing because yes. obviously they have Meb Kofleski, who is an ambassador for them. So they they constantly hold um, presentations, you know, on race day weekend, you know, with different podcast hosts or different athletes. So I'm like, you got to start doing that stuff here, man, because nobody yeah, knows who you exactly. are. Exactly, and I mean, you know, half the time they're just they're happy to have someone show up and at a table and sell some wares and everything and stuff yeah. like um events here are the same cost as they are in america where it's you know you got to pay to get a table and all that a little bit less um offensive here to the hip wallet yeah well i think everything here is a little bit less offensive exactly <laughs> how about <sighs> how, how are you doing man has uh, so when we last spoke running is kind of like yeah, so I have I haven't ran again. Um, yep. So I'm now approaching. Oh, geez, what is it? Two and a half weeks of no running. Maybe you, one and a half weeks. Did you yeah. book in for the? Um... I did. I'm going to go see the doctor on Friday to get an ultrasound and an X-ray done on my left foot, which yep. is where my planter has been uh, and where I've been really you know bothering myself. So I'm going to go get that done on Friday. Um, my calf, my right calf. We just agreed that it was probably more likely to be something like a calf strain sure. rather than something more serious than that. So no need to worry about getting a scan on that unless it got to like three weeks. If it got to three weeks and the calf was still not showing any improvement, then it would be like, okay, well, now let's really check this out. Yeah. But I just got back from a walk before. Um, I went out with the dog um, for a little bit of a walk or so. And for the first time probably in – I'm just looking at it now. It's been – uh, it's been a week and a half, nearly, uh, actually, uh, 12 days today since I last ran. So approaching two weeks, of no running. Okay. And today I managed to get out for a walk just now, 5Ks, quite a brisk pace, no pain at all in the calf for the yeah. first time in, in two weeks. And I actually managed to um, try a couple of, you know, 100 metre, really slow 730 pace jog type stuff like just getting slowly into that running motion but not mm. actually running and it held up okay good so how are you doing are you doing any uh aside from walking kind of cross training get your to keep your aerobic engine going well i've also been sick the last week so oh, what happened point. was yeah, yeah so, so we caught up on thursday and then on friday mm. i had like a normal day and then saturday i woke up and i went oh i feel a bit rough um and then felt a bit rough on saturday sunday thought i was coming good Woke up Monday, shocking, absolutely shocking. Not uh, COVID? No, not COVID. COVID. Rat, no. no, my wife's had COVID. Yeah, I haven't had COVID. Yeah. Um, so negative rat tested all the way through because uh, I was so convinced that, oh, I've obviously got COVID. And we also had friends planning to come around on the Sunday. So on Saturday, I'm like, oh, I need to test to make sure I'm okay. Tested on Saturday, 
negative, woke up Sunday, felt a lot better, got through Sunday okay, woke up Monday, broken man. Um, you know, thought, okay, well, it'll just be a 24-hour thing. Tuesday I'll go to work, woke up Tuesday morning. No, nah, not going to work, taking the day off. So, uh, so I've been sick for the last four days as well. So I rode my bike in like we took last time we podcast i'd ridden in that day haven't been on the bike since then i've just been trying to get out and walk for an hour every yeah. day just to try and keep moving and that's also because i want to keep testing the calf out and make sure that it's all right too yeah sure that so yeah so so right realistically my my little mantra at the moment right now is don't snack drink lots of water that's pretty much <laughs> what i can do for myself is not yeah. snack and drink lots of water and try and you know keep a lid on things until when i can get back um build into it that's a good idea. Have you ever yeah. thought about um... quitting running altogether? Yeah, 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 quite often. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, no, I was gonna say because, like, obviously, with something like a calf, even even like biking can mess with you. Have you thought about like swimming or anything? I don't like swimming. Um, yeah, I, I'm probably because you know it's a complicated reason why I don't like swimming. I'm really bad at it, uh, okay. and so I don't like doing anything that I'm not awesome at. Are you? Um, can you swim? I can survive in water for a short period of time. I'd probably describe it that way. I'm not your okay. typical Australian. I'm, I'm a, yeah, I can't float. I can't breathe when I'm in the water. Yeah, most and I people tend to can't panic. breathe in the water. But apart from those three things, I'm awesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a, there's at least one of those things that you're never going to be able to change. Um, but... we, went to, we, went, we were in the Philippines, and we went out snorkeling to find uh, sardines and turtles um me and my two girls you do that at and the grocery store and the pet shop but that's no no, no no we were, we were in the water and we had our snorkels on and our little what's the thing called the the snorkel snorkel yeah, yes <laughs> we had our glasses on and our snorkels and our flippers and all that sort of stuff and the, our guides jump into the water with us and they're like right let's go have a look for these uh for these sardines and these turtles and my two girls just went whip and off they went with these two native men and they are off looking around the thing, and I'm literally at one point on my back, backstroking to try and get back to the shore so I can keep my head above the water so I can breathe. Because didn't you, didn't you have the? They didn't give you flippers. They gave me flippers. That wouldn't that not have been easier the, than backstroking? I, I, I had all the technology advantages okay. you needed, Andrew, and still uh -huh. did not figure it out. When I did my first and only ever triathlon, um, it was a 400 meter out into open water around a couple of buoys and back again yeah um i had to wave the boat off at one point because it came over to me to ask me if i was okay whilst i was backstroking my way through the uh through the thing and you know not clinging onto the buoy as i went around it but definitely yeah. hugging the buoy tightly um to make sure that i was okay and getting a good racing line this backstroke uh, is not working for you no I, well trust me the front stroke ain't working That's at right. least in the backstroke i can breathe yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I am I am terrible at swimming, really, really bad. Uh, okay. So yeah, so no, I haven't been doing any of that whilst I've been injured. I haven't been able to go on the rowing machine because again, the ballistic motion, yeah. too much on the calf. Haven't been able to run. The bike's been okay. The bike's been fine. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that I'm turning the corner and maybe next week I'll be able to get back into it a little bit. Although very, very slowly. I'll I'll probably have to give myself a kick in the pants two weeks from now because I'll probably start so slowly. I'm so scared of injuring it again, but it would be good just to be getting out and doing like a really slow 5k every day. It'd be yeah. Awesome right now. Well, that actually, I mean, I guess that kind of segues really well into what we wanted to talk about today. Yeah. You know, that's what we're here to talk about. So everybody, we're here for this fourth in a row episode uh, in terms of weekly episodes, which we've not done in. I know. Who'd have thought we'd get to double figures, huh? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so in this training series, what I wanted to talk about today was the benefits of, of slow running. Mm. Slow running is one of those things where we all kind of know that it's useful, but we also tend to get carried away, carried away, carried away when we get out onto the road and we're like, we know we're supposed to be doing this slow run, but it feels so good sometimes to go fast and we have all the Strava metrics that we have in the back mm. of our mind and we want to impress our friends and blah, blah, blah. Some of us do. Some of us just called slow running, running. You're right. Well, there, there you go. Um, so what I want to preface this by saying, so when you think of slow runners, someone who does not come to mind is Elliot Kipchoge. 
So this is a man who runs his his fastest marathon, sub two hour marathon, was about a two fifty kilometer pace. That's a that's a four thirty mile, about a four thirty mile, right? So when he starts his recovery, his easy recovery runs, he starts them at about an eight thirty to an eight forty five mile pace, mm. or about a five twenty kilometer. He ends up running them uh, in terms of as he goes. He ends up getting to about a seven-minute mile pace or a 420 kilometer. So, mind you, now what I've said is his top marathon speed is about a 430 mile pace or a 250 kilometer pace. So when you think about that, he's basically adding three minutes to his yeah. uh, to his to his pace, right? So his mile, his mile, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're an average of a nine-minute miler. When was the last time you set out on an easy run and allowed yourself to run at a 12 mile uh, 12 minute mile pace or if you're an average 6 minute kilometer runner when did you last allow yourself to start an easy run at an 8 or an 8 and a half minute mile uh, kilometer Never. pace Never, Never right so No that's something that I struggle with like right now my easy run pace is about a to keep my heart rate at around which we're not going to get too much into heart rate today, but we will a little bit. But keep it about 135 to 140. I'm running a seven-minute kilometer, and that's kind of – that's hard for my brain to wrap my head around because I like – you know, I'm, I'm coming from a place where I used to run my long runs, what I would call an easy pace, which really weren't, at a 520 or a 530-kilometer pace, right? So yeah. that's an eight-and-a-half-minute mile. And now I'm running my slow, easy runs at – Seven kilo, uh, seven minute kilometer, or at ten fifty to an eleven minute mile, and I've got to kind of like throw my ego out the door. And it really, it kind of, when you really think about somebody like Elliot Kipchoge who does that, and he adds that much time to his running pace, like he knows the importance and the benefits of slow running, and he chucks his ego right out. He doesn't care because he knows that running slow is not going to prevent him from running fast. As a matter of fact, it's going to help him. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like, I was always, quote-unquote, taught that, oh, well, you know, you want to do your, you know, easy, long, long, slow, easy runs should be done at 45 seconds slower than what you'd want to do at, like, you know, a, a good race pace. So I always had the idea that, oh, if I was doing, you know, a 450 race pace for a marathon, well, then I should be doing my long, slow runs at 540 or something like that. And I actually should be doing them way slower than that. Mm -hmm. I should be doing them at, like, 630 or something you know yeah. which is tough because long slow runs the slower they are the longer they are if you want to get the kilometers yeah. but there's benefits to it well that's it and that and, and that's definitely something that we'll talk about in a second like my, yeah my, my slow runs are now 645 to 7 minute and even that sometimes it, it just feels rough mm. uh, but you know if you focus you can uh, you know it will help you like I mean, we, I'll, I'll jump ahead here because based on what you just said, what I'm talking about now, so if we get into some of the benefits, you will build mental toughness because mm. dealing with discomfort, you're going for, say, a 15-kilometer run. You can do that in, you know, 80 minutes, 70, 80 minutes, mm. or you can do that in 100 minutes. 100 minutes is going to feel a little bit harder because you're yeah. out there longer, and it's going to help you build your mental capacity for patience because that's a big that's a big thing with running like it's uh, and we've said this before it's not always the distance of long runs sometimes but it's the knowledge that we're going to be out there for a few hours yeah that's kind of really tough and practicing fueling you know yeah. uh you know being able to prepare for those things that you will need on a race event that you don't need on like a a 10 kilometer run um, having a nice long slow run at a controlled pace gives you an ability to to you know if you if you've never ran before and had to unwrap a gel and get a gel into your mouth um, you don't want to be learning how to do that in the middle of your first race no. that's something you want to practice beforehand on a nice long slow run yeah it, um, it's definitely a it's an eye opener when you yeah. start cuz it's kind of like if you're not used to it eating while running is kind of it oh. sounds weird and yes. also, it also feels it does it feels weird like especially if mm. it's something like generation you can where you're they do have edge now which is a gel mm. but i use the bars a lot but eat a, those what's that 
You got to eat them. You got to eat them. Yeah. And it's yeah. tough to do while you're running because it, it inhibits your breathing is the biggest yeah. thing. And so when you're, when you're doing a long, slow run at that sort of pace, Andrew, you're way more in touch with your body and what the muscles are doing and the feel than you are. You know, you, you've got so much more time to think about every little step, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing is that, you know, when you run very slow and you have the time to think about that, you can really focus on your mechanics. You can focus on your running form. I know that we've said that when you run fast, like those threshold paces or those strides, mm. you find your perfect form. But if you can do that while you're running slow and focus on that, all the better. Because a lot of the times we get injured when we go too slow and we don't pay attention to that because we're yeah. spending more time. Like if my hip dips and I'm spending more like 3% more time on my right foot than my left, if I'm doing that on a slow run and I'm not trying to figure out how I can alleviate that, mm. then I'm just leaving all that extra time on that right foot for my hip to play up, for my IT band to play up. So when you focus on that stuff and you can really think about what you're doing, you can help you can help yourself focus on form and become a better runner. Mm, yeah. Um, and so what do you not stop or not change when you do a long, slow run versus like a, a normal fast paced run? There's some things that you still do. Uh, you still warm up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You still yeah. activate. You still want to warm up. You still want to activate. Like before I go on any of my long runs, my – well, no. I won't even say long runs anymore. I'm talking about easy runs. So like if we're talking about running, like the best case scenario, you're looking at the 80-20 rule, right? So that's 80% of your runs should be done at an easy pace. 20% can be done at a harder or a skill work or a quality effort. So if you run five days a week, four days should be easy efforts, right? Uh, there can be w room to wiggle, of course, depending on your schedule and your and your and your goal. But you still want to make sure that you are keeping the kind of guidelines there. So even though you're running easy, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can forego anything. You know, you still have to pay attention to the warm up, to the mobility exercises, to the stretching afterward. You know, because you, you, you can do this, but you've got to back it up yeah. with all of that other stuff that kind of helps you. Um, you easy, need good form as well. You yeah. need to try and maintain your cadence. Yes. You know, even though you might not be striding out quite as much, you can still practice on taking as many steps, right. lighter steps, quicker yeah. steps. And that's yeah. the thing. So if we talk about this mystical 180 cadence, oh. right? I hate uh, the 180 a, cadence. Yeah, it's a guideline. I run close to that nine times out of ten. On you know, you're perfect. Well, we know. Obviously, Ooh, duh. here comes Andrew. Obviously, tiptoeing in at 180 steps per minute. Well, what yep. I was going to say, smartass, is that <laughs> is that the 180 cadence hasn't prevented me from getting injured. So, if you're not, if you're obsessing about this 180 cadence thing, don't find whatever cadence works for you. The 180 is a guideline, but yeah, like. There's no reason why you can't keep the same cadence. Like my cadence is about 178 to 184 on a fast run, and it's the same thing on an easy run. It's just yeah. it's just the length of step, uh, the stride you're taking, it's the distance that you're going. Um, but it's definitely like if you're if you're running slowly and you still want to keep your cadence up, figure out what that means. Figure out yeah. what that means. It just means you might need to take smaller steps. Yeah. And that's probably a good thing. But you can still work on your form. Like you can still work on that heel kick. You can still work on bringing your knees through, keeping your pelvis yes. uh, forward and all that. All it can that. still be just as exhausting as a long run, oh. trying to be so disciplined with your stuff for so mm -hmm. long at a slower pace. I, you I know, tell you what. Sometimes momentum carries you through and excuses a lot of things. Absolutely. I went out for this 14-mile uh, run on Friday, 22 mm -hmm. and a half kilometers. So the first half of the run, first seven miles, first 11 kilometers – uh, it was, e I kept it easy, right? Um, a little bit harder than easy, but I kept it at around a 1030 mile pace or about a 650, uh, 640 kilometer. And by the time I got like to the mile, to the halfway mark, I was like, wow, I don't know how I'm going to, cause I was supposed to pick it up the second half. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because I'm feeling really sluggish right now. But as soon as I picked it up, I was able to do it like a progression run from, uh, for, for the second half. So yeah. for, from, from, from the first mile of the second half, I did 10 minute uh, mile, nine and a half minute mile, nine minute mile, eight and a half, eight, 
And doing that was actually really much easier than keeping that slow pace the whole time. I mean, sure, your heart rate's up, you're working a little harder, but it feels better. You know, yep. it just feels like you're not as sluggish. Easy runs, easy refers to your heart rate and your perceived yep. effort. It doesn't always mean that it's going to feel free of sluggishness. Yeah, yeah. It's going to have its own challenges you need to work through and overcome from both a physical and a mental state. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So another good thing about uh, easy running and talking about, you know, being easy as perceived efforts is that they allow your body to build strength and your aerobic engine without too much stress from impact. So obviously running is a high impact sport mm. uh, and running easy takes that just, just eases that a little bit. And the point of what we want to do, right? So I'd say the goal of so many different runners is to be able to take your say threshold pace, 10 K race pace yep. and be able to sustain that a little bit longer or feel more comfortable there or increase that pace, right? Yeah. Which will increase everything else. And the only reason, the only way that you're going to be able to do that is by increasing your aerobic capacity by doing easy work. So the reason that you can get faster by running slow is because it will help you develop. Here's, here's the scientific answer. It develops aerobic enzymes and mitochondrial density which helps increase aerobic energy production and efficiency so what does that mean i love it when you talk sciencey i know it's so nice yeah. isn't it? it just mm. rolls off the tongue running slow is going to train your body to increase the rate at which it converts oxygen to glycogen for fuel so in other words by building your aerobic engine your your body is becoming more efficient at using fuel. So you're going from a gas guzzling SUV to a hybrid. Ooh. Right? That's what you're tra training your body to do. So it's just, it, you become much more, you get more bang for your buck, essentially. I can't wait for someone in the comments to object to that analogy and go, no, that's not what happens. That's actually a bad example. It's blah, blah, blah. But I, I get what you were trying to achieve there. Whatever. Is that, yeah. was that not a good, I'm not so good. I don't know. Is that not I, good? I don't know, but I'm sure one of our esteemed listeners will correct I, us I if we're like, wrong. Feel, well, you know what? Come at me, bro. Fight me. Yeah. Hey, give, give us some feedback. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Let us know you're still awake. <laughs> you're all not idiots. I'm just kidding. I'm probably the idiot, but I feel like that was a good example. If it's not, it's fine. give, it it, give us a better one and fight me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I would say if you're, if you're one of those athletes that doesn't appreciate slow running, look, just what I just said about it, helping you uh, uh, become more efficient at using oxygen. That's that's like slow. You can't get faster without putting some slow running in. Yeah, of course, mm. you're not going to get faster without doing speed workouts either. Yeah. But that's only half the equation. And you won't be able to ever find the best possible outcome without working everything. And it's kind of like you, if you only work one system – you're never going to be the most efficient beast that you can be. No. Yeah. And, and, and understanding the science, understanding and accepting the science and the benefits behind long, slow running can also help you in, uh, you know, a situation that a lot of us find ourselves in when we start doing group training and group long runs. Like sometimes you do group training, group long runs, and you can feel bad because you're the quote unquote slow one. Yeah. Or you can feel bad because there's someone there who's slow and is slowing you down. Either way, you can take comfort in the fact that if you are the quote-unquote slow one in the group, as long as you're still doing something that's comfortable for you, you're actually benefiting the other people in the group by making them actually run at, at a slower pace and get these benefits. Mm. And if you're a faster person who feels frustrated because, you know, as part of a group setting, you're needing to slow down and run with a slower person, well, guess what? Give that slower person a thanks because they're actually helping you to do the right thing yeah. and do the long, slow exactly. running properly. Yeah. And I got to say, I, I have seen the benefits myself. Like if you're not buying it, like I went out the other day a couple of weeks ago and I ran a 21 and a half minute 5K, which isn't my fastest pi uh, 5K, of course. 
But, you know, for me, when I had come from a place just a few years ago where breaking 25 mm. minutes was hard and yeah. I was actually working on my speed and I haven't really done any speed work in the last few months, being able to do that on the 80-20 rule where 80% mm. of my runs are easy and slow and 20% are a little bit harder and even then in that last four week block there wasn't really specific speed work sure there might have been some progression runs but there wasn't speed work being able to do that based off of the fact that i had started to really work on my aerobic engine mm -hmm. that's what's going to help you that's what's going to help you keep the faster pace longer speed work yes yes Speed work will get you the pace, but building the aerobic engine will allow you to sustain that pace. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final thing, I guess the one of the most important things for athletes and runners, when you talk recovery, you know, easy runs, slow run is slow running is going to help you build that connective tissue. It's going to promote blood flow. Cause like I've said a few times in the last couple of weeks, blood is the great equalizer in terms of recovery when you can promote that yeah. recovery. So I, and a specific example would be, um, one of the, the first, yeah, the first week that I worked with Kirk. Yeah. Now I come from a place where every time I get out of bed, uh, my feet hurt and everything hurts. And my legs hurt because I pound them all the time and it doesn't matter as an off day or if it's day that I'm running, I get out of bed and I'm like, oh, I hate my life. I want to go back to bed and never run again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I was doing all these easy runs, the first day that I had a day off, or the second, actually the second day, the second day on that Sunday, I woke up and I got out of bed. And I don't know if it was a coincidence. I feel like it definitely wasn't, but I got out of bed and that was like the first time that I got out of bed and I didn't feel any pain. I didn't feel any discomfort. I didn't feel any tightness. And I, and I messaged him that and I said, dude, I just want you to know, man, this easy running stuff. And, and now I, I'm no stranger to easy running, but I'm actually taking it one step further. And instead of keeping my heart rate under 143, I'm trying to keep it under 140 and even down somewhere between 135 and 138. And so I woke up that day with like no pain anywhere. And that's kind of been yeah. a constant since I've started training with him. And it's kind of awesome. It's like kind of awesome. And I know that my speed is still there because I'm now starting to do the speed workouts again. And it's almost like I'm picking up where I left off a couple of years ago or last year, whenever I did that sub 25 K the first and only yes. time that I've done a sub 25 K, I feel like I'm picking up right where I left off doing all of that speed work and i was doing hard speed work two to three times a week and i haven't done any how do your um intense sessions feel now i mean you haven't really gone back into doing any speed work yet with kurt have you you've been doing chasing vert and yeah well i've done um, a couple threshold now runs. I, I, i've yeah. done so we've done like progression runs yeah you know i've gotten down to on my long runs doing a, 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 a like a four minute kilometer for the last mile so that's a six six forty five or so uh mile for the last mile mm -hmm. and you know we did that broken tempo run the other day but the thing is they feel strong and that's the thing that's the thing about slow and easy runs is that yeah. they give your body that rest and prepare you so that you can really work hard on those hard days that's the point that's the point and I would say, yeah, the days where I have to push it hard, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking chasing vert, and I'm not talking crazy inclines, because those are more skill days. And yes, of course, like yesterday, got my heart rate up to a threshold heart rate for a good portion of the time, but it's not necessarily speed work. Yeah. But when I do go for speed, like I feel strong, and that's because my easy runs are so easy. And that's the thing, like if you're always running hard, or not or or faster than you should you're not really allowing yourself to get as fast as you can on those on mm -hmm. those speed days it's like if you're at the gym lifting and you go for a really heavy lift if you don't give yourself three to two to three minutes at least recovery before going for another heavy lift you're you're not going to be able to give your you're not going to give your all uh, yeah. because your body will not have recovered fully so when you can really 
like lean into these easy runs, you're allowing your body to just be ready for the fast days. And that's what, that's what running and racing is. You're trying to get your body ready to perform at its best. So yeah, you're training for the fast day. You're not training. Every day is not the fast day. And those days that aren't the fast day are called training and the fast days are called the races. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And either all, all, all the time that you put on feet is going to move the needle, right? Yes. Like the easy runs are going to help you with your aerobic engine. They're going to help you increase your volume, you know, at a, at a relatively safe way. Like if you're constantly running fast and pounding your body that way, you're never going to recover. Um, but what about junk miles, Andrew? I heard this, someone say something about something called junk miles, which is if you're not doing quality training, it doesn't count. See, that's – I'm kind of in two minds about that. Like there – okay, so junk miles, for those of you, yeah, who don't know exactly what Zach said, are miles that don't are, – aren't – they don't have kind of a specific purpose, that they're just getting the volume in. And that's the thing. Like any, any volume – is kind of good volume because if you're running, if you're getting that volume in, you're building your engine. You're 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 getting better. Like to get better at running, you need to run. You have to move. And so, yes, junk miles are certainly a thing. And of course, there are some miles that you can run that are wasted because they're just not going to move the needle. And it's possible. But I think it's. I think people most of the time when they talk junk miles, they call them junk miles because they don't actually realize that running easy is good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. they, they don't get it. So they call them junk miles as an excuse or as a, as a way to say, oh, I didn't run fast today. So this yeah. is my justification of calling these junk miles. It's like the same thing with – and I used to do the same thing, putting up on Strava – you know, oh, I ran this run today, but it was it was kind of like it was tough because of the the headwinds and and I wasn't feeling great. It's like, well, mm. who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> like you went a out run's for a your, run. Yeah, you went out for your run, whatever it was meant to be. Like, if it was meant to be a slow run, who cares? Like, just like let it be. Um, and that's I think why I think a lot of people call junk miles junk miles. Sure, there are certain miles that aren't going to move the needle because, say, for example. Uh, uh, you know, like a shakeout run the day before a race, mm. that's not going to do much for you in terms of that no. specific race. But there is a purpose to it. It will loosen you up a little bit. So, yeah, it's kind of like it's. It just depends on how you look at it, sort of thing. And and do you on the days where you do these easy, long, slow runs? Are you only doing them on your Sunday runs, or are you doing them during the weekend? And do you cross train? Yes. Um, so, those days. yeah. So basically my schedule I have right now, and this is pretty similar to what I was doing before I was working with Kirk. The good thing about Kirk is that he gives me very specific workouts and distances. So my day, my week I'm doing Monday is going to be an easy recovery, slow run. And that's yep. generally a, a 13 kilometers, you know, so that's an eight mile just recovery run, which I yeah. used to look at as a, as a long run, which is exciting. Yes. Tuesday is generally a some kind of a either uh, skill work day or speed work day. Yeah. Wednesday I don't run. Okay. Um, Wednesday will be the first day where I do that heavy lifting day, where it's the heavy squats, heavy deads, heavy chest, uh, that kind of thing. Thursday will be a skill day or a speed day. It just depends on the week, you know, and I alternate. Um, Friday will be another, and the skill days, mind you, are, it's important to note that uh, it's not, distance doesn't matter. It's more working on that skill, keeping the heart rate in check, meaning not to let it get so high that you're actually now working anaerobically. I'm still keeping that aerobic effort, but I'm working on a skill. Friday will then be another, recovery easy day slightly less distance than the monday then saturday will be my long run and that long run depending on the week will either be all easy or it'll be partially easy and partially hard but 
so so yeah so three at least three to four runs a week are i'm not trying to go fast i'm not trying to go crazy i'm either working on a skill or i'm going really slow and on my slow days i will generally like so for example my second slow day a week yeah i'll go back to the heavy lifting yeah uh, but this time instead of working chest i'll work back so it's still squats and deads but i'm now focusing on the back as well and i just i throw in the the strength training another two days a week just whatever so there's no rhyme or re- i mean there's no real rhyme or reason there uh, <laughs> other than plan. well other than so i'm doing heavy squats the day before a long run so i'm doing my long run on kind of compromised legs yeah. and the same thing i'm doing heavy squats on my wednesday the day before a chasing vert workout so again compromised legs and in terms of cross training other than that i'm not really doing any because I, the situation doesn't really call for it. On my deload weeks, I'll replace one of those weeks, uh, one of those days, with uh, some kind of cardio that is not running. Yeah, okay. But, but yeah. So my biggest run of the week, my first run of the week, is a slow, easy recovery, eight miles or twelve point twelve point eight kilometers to to uh, everybody, and that's. 10 and a half to 11 minute miles, six and a half to seven minute kilometers. Same thing on the Friday. On the, on the other days, I'm just, if I'm doing skill work, I'm still not worried about speed. I'm not worried about running hard. I'm just worrying about doing what I need to do and keeping my heart rate under yes. a certain point. So for that, those days, I try to keep it under 155, which still puts me a little bit into the uh, aerobic zone. So I'm not working anaerobically any more than maybe one and a half times a week. Interesting. And and I guess the final question would be, does this change anything in terms of um, when you're leading up to like a race event, like six weeks out or anything? Will you, uh, I guess you'll talk to Kurt about this in terms of what you're going to keep and what you're not going to keep in terms of, you know, the hard pointy bits, that last six week block before a race event. So I'll tell you, okay. So I'll tell you what I would normally do. Well, First off, with Kirk, I don't know. Like, so I, it's going to be interesting for me to, to see what he does leading up to these next two races. So the Run Melbourne and then the Nike Melbourne Marathon. Now, at the end of this block, we will have about three weeks to go before Run Melbourne. So it'll be really interesting for me to see what he does. Uh, same with Melbourne. So I don't know what he's going to do there. For yeah. me personally, what I used to do. I would say not change anything leading up to a race until about two weeks out. And that's for kind of like any distance. So if it was like a marathon, I'd probably two weeks out start to cut any speed workout. Um, Not any of it, but at least half it. And I would focus on just the strides. Uh, And that's how I would get my quick turnover. A week the week of say a marathon i would i would generally take out any strength training for my lower my lower half um, yeah. but yeah so leading up to an event a couple weeks out it turns i guess instead of 80 20 it turns into like 90 10 in terms yeah. of easy runs but that, again that's just what i would do that's what i did so again it'll be easy uh, easy it'll be interesting to see what Kirk does, I am going to assume that it'll maybe be similar, maybe like, because you don't really, because if you're two weeks out from a race or a week out from a race, speed workout ain't going to help you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're not going to, there's nothing that's going to. And if you're two weeks out from a race, don't suddenly start jamming in long, slow runs. Yeah, um, Yeah, exactly. Because you've never done them before, because chances are you'll, you'll, hurt yourself or stretch something running a different cadence you're not that's right. used to this is work that you do weeks in advance that's right and, yeah and i will say though uh on contra uh on contra- uh, contrary to that sort of thing there's nothing wrong with the week of a race doing some kind of a speed workout just mm, so yeah. that for mental for mental um just for mental health kind of thing like just to know that okay for this race this is the speed that i want to run I'm going to do a, a speed workout, but I would say be cautious and yeah. don't do it the day before. 
probably no. do it so that you have at least 72 hours recovery. But it's not a bad thing to do so that you can just kind of just for your own mentality, just know, okay, yeah. That's as long as you don't injure yourself. Don't Correct. push through any pain. Correct. Don't, yeah. Like instead of doing, you know, 10 times 400 meter repeats with 60 seconds rest, you'd be looking at like half that. Yeah. Uh, with maybe double the rest double rest yeah exactly yeah. so but again that's just that's just my you know everybody's different it's not always going to work for you but yeah that's where you're cool. at. so long slow runs Indeed. why you should do them how you should do them what you should get out of them is there anything else you'd research I, I can see you doing i was trying to find clever questions to ask you in the background i was like what are what are other questions people might have about long slow runs like i've exhausted all the ones i found but did you do any research that you want to share with us that we haven't covered no uh i think that was about it i think no more uh, sexy medical jargon to throw no, out at no, me no more sexy medical actually funny enough that was the one piece of research that i did so because oh, right. <laughs> well because i like i knew what it was like i knew that that was the case but i was like I've got to put this into scientific terms because some people will relate to that more than just me saying, yes, by running slow, you're going to basically become more efficient. All right. Well, what the hell does that mean and why? Yeah. So I was Run like, slow, right. make good. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, yeah. I better, like I knew the technical stuff, but I was like, I better figure out how to put it into words that. Let's add some credibility to this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't um, blame us. Blame science. Freaking science, man. Just been yeah. messing with us since like 1957. And if you don't believe us, do your own research. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. It's like, we are not medical experts. We just go by our own experiences, our own knowledge, yeah. our own research. And if you don't believe us, you could totally check it out your your own way. You can, you can, you can tell me that running slow and easy is bull crap and not going to do you any good. And you know what? Maybe you're right. Not everybody's going to benefit from the 80-20 rule. Not everybody's the same. There are certainly some people out there who can run fast every day and improve. Mm. Freaks, genetic freaks, yes. and very lucky. But yeah. and, and maintain it for a long period of time, like through repeated thing. training blocks. Like exactly. that's the thing is, um, yeah, you can do it for a 12-week, 16-week burst but then can you back it up for another one and another exactly. one? Or can, well, when you're trying to do, you know, a race every month or a race every three weeks or something like that for a period of time, you know, you've got to give yourself the recovery benefit. Correct. Um, and sometimes it's the difference between being able to get out of bed and go for that long, slow run or just get out of bed at all because you're mm -hmm. just too broken up and busted. Pretty much. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Well, I think that that's where we're going to leave it today. I think uh, so. The next time that we chat, you know, so obviously this is this is the fourth in our training series. Next time we chat, we're going to get into a little bit more. I think we're going to get specific into some workouts that that yep. uh, that that are beneficial. You know, so we've talked about easy, slow. I think next time we can talk about some of the benefits of threshold runs and you know interval work and what that does for you, how often you should do them, what kind you should do. And depending on the race, you know, because there are going yes. to be your, your your intervals are going to be different if you're running a marathon as opposed to a 5K. And yes. I think that that's, that's important for people to know. So, Zach, do you have anything else you want to add? No, nothing at all. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, sponsors. Thanks, linesmen and balls boys and balls women's and balls people. That's a lot. That's a lot of balls. Yeah. Don't know where I went with that one, to be honest. Yeah. I don't either. That was a lot of fun. Um, I, you know what that reminded me of um, real quick uh, the movie the ladybugs with Rod Rodney Dangerfield uh, he plays a he plays a soccer coach and you know the team oh. of a female soccer team yes. and the team's awful so he gets his stepson to dress up as a, as a woman and to play um, yep. and there's this one scene where sure it was done very sensitively yeah exactly yes there's this is one scene where Rodney Dangerfield he's looking at his you know big sack of soccer balls and he's thinking about everything he needs to do he's like i don't know what it is i don't know what i gotta do but i sure know one thing i got a lot of balls <laughs> that's uh that's what zach was right there a lot of balls anyway that was a lot of fun so probably danger field a very topical reference for all our younger listeners as well nobody <laughs> under the age of 30 knows who that is oh really under the age of 30 i reckon 40 my friend I he is. i'm like 37 yeah that's a fair yeah, point you're educated though that's a good point yeah, i'm cultured yeah. and stuff you're cultured that's yeah right. 
<laughs> well, okay, everybody. We will hopefully keep this streak alive. I'd like to get this to at least six, I think. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, with uh, this... Uh, well, uh, I thought that this race you were doing was, was sooner than that. We've got at least three to four weeks till this race is on. So, yeah, we'll just keep going until the event. Then we'll right do on. a race recap. Keep and buying stuff to talk about. Months. I like yeah. it. Maybe we'll even... <laughs> I would love. Do you know what I would actually love to get? I would love to get uh, Bracken from the running public on here, or Kirk from the running public on here. Bracken to talk about different race shoes, and maybe Ooh. Kirk to talk about a little bit of like different workouts and the type of things you can do. Because I think, do you know what? I I could listen to Bracken talk about race shoes for like, I mean, he's so he's like a connoisseur of running yeah. shoes, and it's just crazy. Uh, and obviously Kirk is just, they're both amazing, but Kirk is just awesome when he talks about, uh, you know, the different types of training and he's got the same kind of mentality that I do in terms of, uh, you know, just kind of going for it and no excuses and just cut the shit, just do it. Um, so that, that'd be a lot of fun. So I'm going to actually maybe reach out to them and see if we can't get them on the, uh, on the podcast to help us out with this race training series and see, see what happens. How, How restful is this, um, race shoe listening like could you literally listen to it for hours should, yeah, could, should I, we should we do it as like an asmr thing where we I just whisper be. all the way through it and just, people just hear us talking about and so then the nike vaporfly has the extra padding that's exactly that what i was gonna do we could do it like this the whole way and now i'd like to talk about the hoka Oh, day, oh, day. oh my god do you know what it's even more creepy because you've got that purple blue light or whatever so when you got really close to the microphone your whole face was glowing so i reckon this is, we could we could tap a whole new medium with this if we really wanted to i'm yeah. uncomfortable but i like it yeah <laughs> i think it would be fun to see how long we could do it for oh man you know what yeah. bring on bring it on there's a whole demographic out there yeah, absolutely. All right, if you can get, if, if he's willing, I will do the entire podcast with him and ASMR. Done. I, f- I feel like, I feel like, if he was willing to come on the podcast, that was, that was, that was him signing off. That might be the hook for him to come on. You never I know. I feel like it wouldn't be, but I can okay. ask him. All right, go for <laughs> you. If you don't ask, you won't get. That's fair. I could also lose my coach, but whatever. Let's, you know what? Yeah. Uh, so we, go, we go for cool. glory. All right, everybody. Well, look, thank you for listening to this uh, race training series episode and this last five minutes, which has been weird. But that's kind of what we do. That's our MO. We do the weird thing. I've been Andrew. I've been Zach. There he goes. And we hope to catch you out there on the roads, the trails, or the treadmills. Thanks so much for listening to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next time.